welcome to another episode of You Do What? The podcast where I interview my comedian friends about their traditions and rituals. My name is Cindy Aravina. This week on the show, I have comedian Tommy McGuan. You can find Tommy on Instagram at Tommy underscore McGuan or on Twitter at Tommy McGuan. And Tommy is also a writer for the publication Potaholics. He's also the producer of The Garage Chronicles, a monthly pop-up comedy show. And there's also a documentary coming out about it this year in 2018. So very excited to see that. This week, Tommy and I talk about what goes into producing his garage show and also running cross country. Hope you enjoy. You've been doing um, these, this traveling comedy show yeah. <laughs> out of people's garages or have you ever done it in like a living room? Actually, I have. Um, well, I guess technically... I produced one in a living room. I've done them not or that I didn't produce in living rooms as well. Uh-huh. But I did one at my actual apartment. Oh, nice! Like uh, last month, and That's that great. was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, because my apartment's kind of small, so we had like. 20 people there watching yeah that's a good yeah, yeah. it's low ceilings too yeah so the, the sound is great yeah it was crowded so super fun and then um i did one and someone else someone else invited me to go out and perform in their living room mm-hmm. and that one was interesting because like there was the front door right in front of me yeah and then there was like walls and then there was the living or there's a dining room and then there was like the den the dining room was to the left and then the den was to the right so I had to like keep looking back and forth, and I also someone rang the doorbell during my set. Uh, of course. So yeah, I had to let them in. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. The garage is more fun. Yeah, yeah, less yeah. distractions in the garage. Yeah, but yeah, we've done backyards. Um, backyards also fun, but you know you run into like sprinklers going off. Oh. Yeah, uh, which happened one time. Uh, there was uh, we did one in North Hollywood. And the loudest ice cream truck ever. Uh, <laughs> heckling all of you? Yeah, it was just heckling <laughs> us. Um, so we had that. And it was like 10 at night. And little kids were getting ice cream. And of I was course. like, yeah, I was like, dude, what is this? Uh, training day? <laughs> so weird. So we've had that. Um, and dogs barking. I've had yeah. dogs like released during my set. So What? Yeah, it's kind of what you get into, like doing weird shows. So Yeah. Yeah. What uh what gave you the idea to start doing the Garage Chronicles? You know, I just kind of got to a point um where I kind of wanted to push my stand up. Uh-huh. Um I'm from LA, born and raised. Well, I'm from Santa Clarita. Yeah. Born and raised. LA adjacent. Um, I say I'm from LA too. Yeah. So not technically. Yeah, cuz people don't know where it is. So right. <laughs> so I just say that. And when I started comedy, I just started doing bringer shows. Mm-hmm. And so for like a year or two of stand up, I was just doing bringers. And then I finally started clicking. I was like, dude, I'm getting, like, no value from this. Yeah. And, like, if I do, like, if my friends do want to come to a show, I live in Santa Clarita. Mm -hmm. So, like, I should be doing things here. And, like, I think what what it really came down to, too, was I was like, I think I have more time to perform than what people are giving me. Yeah. And so we did our first show up in Humboldt, our Arcata uh, Mm -hmm. area, up in Northern California. And we did it in my friend's backyard, uh, Stephen Drieger. And uh, I did, there was like 80 people there. Nice. Yeah, it was me and Paul Douglas Moomjean. And we all, we both did like 30 minutes each. And I was wow. like, wow. Yeah, it was super fun. So that's super cool. Yeah. And it was like, it was super cool. We did a second show there. Mm-hmm. And then I came back home and I didn't do it for like a, two, three months. 
And I was like, why don't I just do that here? Like, yeah. it works so well there, so probably work here, too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, why not? Yeah. Was it and was so. the va- first backyard was, like, pretty foresty because it's so gorgeous up in that area. Yeah, it was super cool. That's actually, that's a, the documentary is, like, the second Humboldt trip we did. Uh-huh. So you'll be able to get a view of it. But, yeah, it's super beautiful. And, like, the, the lighting was super cool. They had a yeah. fire going the whole time. It was, like, and people were, like, smoking during the set yeah because humble <laughs> yeah it was like whatever i thought it i thought it'd be fun i was like maybe i'll do like 25 30 minutes like of material uh-huh. and then i'm gonna do five minutes of like high jokes yeah like i'll have someone give me something from the crowd and so i did 30 minutes and then i was like uh you know what i think i'm gonna join you guys and so i took like a big hit and i don't even do it that often yeah. like i don't smoke that often but I took like a big one and then I just couldn't stop coughing because I, <laughs> like I tried to get a joke out. You were just overzealous, just like this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be so cool. And then, oh, it was awful. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Show's over. The coughing must have been so funny, though. Yeah, yeah, because I try to say some joke and then I would cough and I try to say a joke again and I cough. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm going to say anymore. <laughs> Because it just hit me, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you take in that much, it's game over. That's probably the best case scenario. Like, it would have been fun to, like, actually get the jokes out. But just that's that's a good way to end your set. Just (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't remember the joke, but I don't think it was anything good, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It was a while ago. It was, was, uh, I think I wrote the joke and I knew... Well, in my head, I was like, I think this would only be funny if it was, like, a high show. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I'll just force it, like, upon everyone <laughs> by doing this. And so I'm pretty glad I, I got in a coughing fit. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been bad. Absolutely. So have you, what's the place that you, have you done uh, shows at the same location, like, a bunch of times? Or do you usually try to get a different place every time? Uh, we're starting to do the same location more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started out, we did three shows at my buddy's garage in Santa Clarita. Mm-hmm. It's this guy, Jared Jens. And uh, we did it there three times. Super fun. But then we we're like, all right, let's try some other things. And then for like a year, we just did different locations, like different yeah. houses, warehouses, like anything. And But now we're more so trying to do it at uh, Green Tower Games in Newhall. Uh, they've been really cool and, like, really supportive of what we do. Yeah, the place was awesome. Yeah, so we're doing our third one there um, in uh, June. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing it... Oh, no, this month. Okay. June, June, we're doing our second one at Paper Hero Games in Northridge. Oh, cool. And they've also been super supportive of it. Uh-huh. So it's it's just really cool how, like, people have, like, so far opened their arms to it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it usually... Well, with the, with the businesses, how do you get that in there? Yeah, that's a good question. No, <laughs> Well, the one at Green Tower Games, someone just recommended it. Mm-hmm. One of my friends who uh, plays there. Oh, and, cool. And yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. And so I walked in, and I actually know the owner. Like, mm-hmm. I went to high school with his son. Uh, we both ran cross-country and track together. Mm-hmm. And the first show we did it at, my friend Stevens, he's one of my best friends, and Steven was one of uh, this guy's son's best friends in high school, too. Mm-hmm. So it was like just this little like community, like, like, no way. Like, you know this. I know this. Like very and, small town. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so we'll give you like uh, we'll give you most of the door sales and uh, 
how's, how's that sound? And he's like, sure, you know, like. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's it seems like a good deal to them because it's like every couple months they stay two hours late and yeah. they sell waters and then they get like 40 bucks for ticket sales or something. So pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and then Paper Hero Games, uh, Brian Jakobovitz, a mm-hmm. comic who who does our show pretty regularly, he actually works there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was like, hey, you want to try this? And I was like, sure, man. So, Yeah, the format yeah. works for, for that kind of environment, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it really does. I think I think a lot of shows, like, bring a more, like, negative kind of, like, hostile environment. Uh-huh. And like an ambush show at a bar where no one wants comedy. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, please, why is this happening? Yeah. Like, this is my Monday night. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, you know, this one and the comics I book, too, are like people that are friendly. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not booking the the comics that are ro- going to roast the audience because mm-hmm. like we don't have the people at the show that want to be roasted. Exactly. They're yeah. not there for that. Yeah. Like we all get our feelings hurt pretty easy. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, it works out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. How long do you foresee yourself continuing to do these backyard shows until you get sick of it or until like Yeah, that's a that's a, I've actually been wondering that same thing. <laughs> it's 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 tiring, you know. It is. Yeah. I did a weekly show for about 6 months and I was ready to like cut my own ear off after Oh, really? The, like I I when we were doing the show, uh-huh. I liked doing it, but the anxiety yeah. leading up to it was always really frustrating for me yeah even running a a monthly bi-monthly show like we do it at our house now so it's not as yeah yeah like dealing with venues especially Mm -hmm. and it it must be kind of nice though like not having to worry about the same venue every time for most of it yeah well a lot of the magic goes away i think when it's like when it's weekly or when it's uh the same spot every time because then it's like, oh, well, I could just go next week or, mm-hmm. you know, the magic's kind of gone. But if it's like changing places every time, it's always a new story, yeah. something new going on, kind of like, oh, I got to see. You know, last time someone knocked on the door during Andy Benedetti's set, you know, mm-hmm. like, I got to see what happens this time. Like, Right. So, the yeah. The fear of like, what if no one shows up, even though yeah. at least the comics will show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's still ongoing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, that's, uh, just, that's the, always a big fear is like, I hope we have a crowd. Yeah, because then it's like, well, then why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. That's always my biggest gripe is just like, when no one shows up to your show, it's just like the biggest like blow to you because you're just like, <laughs> we put in all that work and no one came to see it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's it's tough getting a real audience out, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think if it's something that you like really believe in and like bring in the the energy that you want to have, yeah, I think it... I've noticed with the garage shows, maybe it's just who I book too. Mm-hmm. I, I hope they're just not kissing kissing ass, but <laughs> it, like it seems like the the comics become part of the audience too. They do. I've always had fun at at those shows. I've done like I think three at this point, and it's always yeah. been a good experience. Like I'm really impressed with like the number of people that you guys get out. Is it mm-hmm. usually like friends, or have you gotten a good amount of strangers coming out? Um, we get strangers at some because we've been mentioned in uh, the magazine, the Santa Clarita Gazette. Ooh. Ooh, no big deal. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Someone reads it. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Someone. And so we've had people, but yeah, it's usually just friends, you know, like mm-hmm. um, I'd like to book Santa Clarita performers as well. Like we just had our first improv team, um, the COC improv team. Oh, cool. And they're actually like hilarious. Uh-huh. Like 
no joke i hate improv like it's yeah i did ucb for three years wow or three courses uh-huh. and it sucks <laughs> <laughs> they took my money no <laughs> but uh coc improv like they were actually funny mm-hmm. and so i had them on and you know like i think having a good community comics people come out to see them maybe yeah. it's not really like it's not a bringer show but right. I do ask people to promote. Yeah. And so far, that's been good enough. Yeah, it's um, fair. Yeah. And so far, you know, our worst turnout was when we did a show at a warehouse in Compton. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we had a few there, like maybe three or four. Uh-huh. But most of the shows, I think we've had at least like 15 people there. So. Yeah. Usually pick places with pretty good parking, I've noticed. Yeah. I try to do that. Yeah. I try to keep parking in mind because it's it's such a pain it's a huge factor yeah it It really is i've run a show at a venue with terrible parking and it was another pain point where it's just like are my comics even gonna make it because they can't even find parking yeah i did that show i i I parked with andy and we looked for parking for 30 minutes yeah it's It's crazy yeah it was uh but i mean that's part of it too you know part of the whole pursuing it thing you can't uh Nothing comes easy, I guess. No. Yeah. There's always going to be something in our way. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, man. What was one of, like, the toughest, toughest drive-to shows you've done, you Oh, think? I did a show out in Lake Forest last summer, and it was, like, a, oh. I had to leave right after work, so it was rush hour. Oh, that's hour. brutal. Yes. And I got there, I think, 30 minutes late. Not too bad. I already okay. warned the host that I was going to be late. Right. But it like took yeah two hours to get there, heavy traffic the whole oh time. Oh my gosh! And yeah, it was a great show though. Yeah, like I, it was worth it in the end. But it was just like getting out there, like I on my ways, like it just the time kept getting longer oh, I hate and longer that. and longer. Yeah, I was just losing my mind, just like oh, I should have like left work earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Like every morning driving through LA traffic. Oh yeah, because you're you're going all the way across LA just to get to work. Yeah. So you just see it slowly like mm-hmm. going up, and you're like, ah shit, I'm gonna be late. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you got to do shows like that. You know, you got to you got to do like the the bad parking shows and like the dive bar shows, because then like when you're on a show that's like really great and it it feels like amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I did a show in Apple Valley recently and they have this amazing show at the wine cellar. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, drove all the way out there. It's like an hour and a half from Santa Clarita. Mm -hmm. And um it was super awesome crowd, just super supportive. Like everyone was like, they were just like, oh, like we're here to watch comedy. Like it was free and they reserved tables. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's so, yeah. That's the whole thing. Like that show out in Lake Forest, that was the same thing. People wanted to be there for comedy. Yeah. Because I walk in, I see it's like a bar grill. I'm like, either these people are going to hate me or yeah. me. And they were receptive to every comic. Yeah, it's so cool. When you do a bar show in LA, it's like, oh no. Like, this could go either way. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's it's worth it, you know, yeah. in the long run. And so. the the backyard format, it's always friendlier than because mm-hmm. people are just excited to be there. They're like, oh, I get to go see like what someone's house looks like. Yeah, I don't know. For me, that's always fun to see like how does this person live. Yeah, I think it kind of opens up the whole community feel of it yeah. a little bit. Because like, so like, I think the the shows that do well, mm-hmm. just in general have a theme you know like you're going to it to know what to expect like you go to a roast battle Mm -hmm. because you know people are going to get roasted yeah like you know it's going to be fun you go to like a improv show because you know it's going to be loose and goofy and you go to like an alt scene show because you know it's going to be like but like at a house like you're kind of like they're opening their arms to like letting you perform in there Mm -hmm. and 
it's kind of like this welcoming thing. Like everyone there is friends and like everyone's welcome to talk to anyone. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like this nice feel, you know? Yeah. At least that's what I hope. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it does translate and you kind of get that, uh, yeah, like you said, like the community sense. And people are also are going to show up more because like, oh, I'm just going to go to my buddy's house or a yeah. comedy show and then I'll hang out with them after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we've done, uh, like, one time after a show, some friends came and we all got drinks after. Yeah. And yeah, it was really cool. That's the best kind of stuff. That's always my favorite part about, like, doing shows at home is after you don't have to, like, tear down immediately. You can just kind of chill. Yeah. And have a beer and then and then when everyone's gone then you can clean up. Yeah. And I kind of think that that's like a good environment to perform like comedy. Cause it's all about like developing your act and like nice, <laughs> but it's all about like developing your act and like figuring out what you're doing with your comedy. Right. And so like in a warm environment where like people actually want to hear what you're saying, I think that that helps you like develop. Obviously, like I said, you know, you got to do the bad shows Yep. to like keep learning how to perform under bad circumstances. But yeah, it's good. all about the game. Yep, it really is. Yeah. Um, what have you? What like mistakes did you make early on with your show that you have since remedied or changed? Um. Yeah, I would overbook lineups. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before too. Uh, that is such a kick in the nuts, you know. Because <laughs> you have people that you like and you want to give them stage time, but there comes a point where you have to be like, no, I'm only booking this amount of people. Mm-hmm. And what was the most? Uh, what was the biggest number of people you booked in one show? I think I had like 11. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and back then, I would let multiple people do 10 minutes, too. Oh, yeah. And we had someone close with 15. Shit. Yeah. So, like, if it's 10 and everyone's doing seven minutes, like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's like, like an hour and a half show. Not bad. Yeah, but, yeah, those 11-minute shows with mm-hmm. everyone doing a chunk of time, it's like, ugh. Yeah. It just gets tiring for the audience, too, to have the same person, you know, talking at them for such a long time. Yeah, especially if it's not going too well. Like, nothing against the performer, but sometimes it's like, it can really just, like, suck. Yeah. You know, like, I've bombed for 10 minutes straight. Oh, same, same. And it's just like, oh, God. Like, like as if I'm a guest on the show and I'm bombing for 10 minutes, it's feels bad on me mm-hmm. but if i'm the producer of the show it's kind of like oh no like yeah like yeah. the host has to go up there and like kind of bring it back somehow so it's uh had a cut back on that i also found out like i i just had to be more upfront with what i wanted you know i was kind of letting uh like comics like kind of walk over me oh okay and like because it was such a fun environment so yeah. i was just like yeah man do whatever you want and then i was like oh man like I just let this guy invite two friends to do five minutes each. Oh, and like, yeah. They didn't even send me footage. Like, uh-huh. that's stupid. So I had to pull that. But that was like the third show. Yeah. Like this one guy came in or this guy messaged me. He's like, hey, can these two guys perform? And I was like, sure. And then this guy shows up before them and he's like, hey, I'm here for the show. And I was like, oh, so you're one of the performers? And he's like, uh, Yeah. And so, apparently, he thought it was an open mic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. And so, I let him perform, and I was like, okay, like, he's a little new. Uh Uh-huh. And then the person shows up, and he's like, oh, no, I didn't mean him. I meant them. And I was just like... So, you just let this rando go up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even find out about it. Probably on Facebook, something like that. Yeah. Well, he was friends with them. So, he's like, I'm I'm their friend. Oh, so he was a third tag-along? 
Uh, yeah, there was only supposed to be three performers out of the trio, uh-huh. out, of, out of that guy that I booked. And then this other guy showed up who was a friend that thought it was an open mic. Oh, okay, okay. And so he approached me. I didn't ask enough questions. I uh-huh. wasn't like, I wasn't just upfront about it enough. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I actually did let him perform another time because mm-hmm. I knew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just needed to be kind of just more. Just be a little bit more mean, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's always the hard thing because I'm I'm kind of a pushover too, and yeah. I don't like to say no to people. Dude. Yeah, it's I need to work on it. Boundaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to just be kind of like, um, this is my show, and no. Yeah. I booked it a specific way, and I want it to be that way. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough saying that because it you, is like you feel kind of mean, but. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to learn to be like diplomatically mean. Yeah, exactly. Make it feel make it seem like it was their idea. Yeah, <laughs> true. Not getting on. <laughs> like work your way around it and so everything. Bad at that shit. <laughs> I know. I've just been trying to be more upfront about it. Yeah, and that's all you can do cuz as a host you have to you have to like hit the gavel down. Like that's yeah. your job. Yeah, and the producer, you know, yeah. you can't it can't become this show like everyone's going to have their own assumptions about everything, mm-hmm. but it can't become this show that's like continuing to be like everyone else's assumption, you know, like, right. like oh, that garage show, that's uh, the show where you can do 20 minutes and no one will care. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's not really. No, it's different. I've yeah. changed the rules. <laughs> yeah, the rules have changed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's tough, though. It's, how, has your house show had success? Um, we've we've only done two at this point, but they've been good, good turnout. Because we, it's a show and open mic, so people oh, can okay. come. But we're very like strict about like, um, you know, open micers get this much time and book people get this much time. So we, okay. we try to keep a tight ship on that. But like, we there's there's room for flexibility, but not too much. Yeah, we yeah. Try to keep a firm hand on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that that's totally key. Is like once you put your expectations out there. Yeah. And then if someone crosses a line, like they can go say whatever they want, but like everyone will know like, oh, well, that's how that show is. Like and then they'll be like, well, you're being the dick. Like, you know, they have rules. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's kind of tough at first. But once people get in line, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. And if they're going to get mad at you for like not allowing them to do something, then that's just unprofessional. That's yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just dicks. No. Yeah. <laughs> they are. <but>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think anything else you want to say about, um, the garage shows? Uh, no, I mean, they're super fun. <laughs> yeah. They're super great. No, if, if, uh, uh, you know, it's a definitely a, a, a different environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get the ball rolling, but once it's there, it's, it's super fun. You know, yeah. it's, uh, and there's the documentary coming out. So. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, me too. I saw the trailer and it's oh, pretty exciting. Oh, the trailer exciting. already? Um, just uh, someone, uh, our editor, Dylan Lloyd, he, he oh, put it. Oh, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, you know Dylan. And so he sent it into his class for, they had to make a trailer. Uh-huh. And I watched it with him and I was like, dude, this is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. I'll show you after. Yes, yes, please do. <laughs> um, I think we have time to talk about uh, track and cross country. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So you started, like you said, in college? Uh, well, I started in high school. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I started running in high school. Um, I used to want to be like a UFC fighter. Oh, really? Yeah, that was like a dream for the longest time because uh-huh. I did karate for like nine years. Hell yeah. But then I was like, I don't really like getting punched. Like, it hurts. So <laughs> <laughs> I just started running. And uh, yeah, I was a scholarship athlete in college. Mm. And go? I went to Chico State. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I went there for four and a half years and just ran. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was like some of the craziest experiences of of your life when you're out there, like, 
you know, you're doing an 18 mile run Mm -hmm. and you're in the middle of nowhere in short shorts and no shirt (laughs) with just a bunch of skinny guys and girls. And you're like in the wilderness, you know, you run into bears, rattlesnakes, drug deals, like all kinds of shit out there. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. And so, but I I think it's good to do something like that because then you can transfer over like the knowledge and professionalism gained and athletics and bring it over to something like comedy like i think these things do go hand in hand you know yeah like just kind of staying on top of it having a routine uh believing in like the work that'll pay off over time right putting money in the bank as some people like to call it yeah yeah (laughs) running toward your goals running toward your goals running away (laughs) from your fears yeah yeah usually it's running away from stuff for me for Um, the most part yeah (laughs) Um, how, were you running every single day over these four and a half years? In college, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I, I had so many injuries in college. Really? Yeah. So unfortunately, I couldn't like l- run to the level that I was hoping to. Uh-huh. But yeah, for the most part, you run every day. And some days you run twice a day. Shit. Because um, I was running like 80 to 90 miles a week. What? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so more than 10 a day, 10 miles a day. And um yeah, but I, I had a stress fracture in my shin, mm-hmm. and I broke my toe. Shit. And then the one that really wrecked me was my pubic bone inflamed. Uh-huh. And so that is, like, still kind of bugs me today. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm training for the L.A. Marathon now. Oh, that's awesome. 2019, so we'll see what happens. Hell yeah. How often are you running uh, now? Now I'm running, like, four times a week. That's really good. I'm trying to. It, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, trying to build into it. Yeah. Because, like, the goal is to run the marathon without walking. Okay. And so, but easier said than done. And then in the back of my mind, like competitive Tommy is like, oh, well, maybe you can get a Boston qualifier. Oh, maybe. But I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I could. Do you think you could have in college? Oh, yeah. In college, I could have. Yeah. In college, I was already like fit enough to hit the qualifier Uh for Boston. So um, that's like three hours and five minutes. And I don't know the average marathon time, but. I, I think like. I don't know. I'm probably totally wrong on this. Like four hours? Yeah, I think a lot of people run around four hours. Yeah, four to six. That's like for like the casual runner. Mm-hmm. For like, like I think you're running four hours if you're like taking walk breaks and stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think like Olympic, you can go to the Olympic trials with like a 217. Oh, okay. Which is like fast. I'm just yeah. throwing a lot of numbers at you. No, I'm just like <laughs> thinking about that. I'm like, wow, 24 miles and two 26. Hours? 26 miles. Yeah, yeah, 26. yeah. Okay, I'm getting my numbers all mixed up. Yeah, yeah. see, throw, <laughs> throw, throwing too many numbers at you. It's okay. Yeah, numbers don't comfort people. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's character in The Happening. I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's so bad. Don't watch it. Is it? <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> but there's a line where he says that numbers comfort people. It's not true. <laughs> oh, freaking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> the Happening was such a... I, I never saw it, but I feel like he's been in so many movies that it's like... I feel like this movie could have been better if we had someone who wasn't Mark Wahlberg. He's just trying to make that money, man. Yeah, but he is. At the same time, I really like seeing scenes of Mark Wahlberg running. You know, because he has that sprint. And I'm like, dude, he's fucking going. Yeah. yeah. It's like in um, Mission Impossible 2 or 3, there's like a, a minute scene where Tom Cruise just runs. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the bomb is like a mile away. And then he's just running the whole time through this crowded street. Uh-huh. And it, to, for some reason... 
that's like the dopest like that scene is so cool to me because he's running fast yeah and he has such good form and i'm like dude that's how you do it like (laughs) so speaking of form what does good form look like did you have to learn good form or were you kind of kind of a natural at it um it's you you can't really force form too much Mm -hmm. because it's your natural body motion right um but like you can see good form like um I'm trying to think of someone who has, like, just really smooth form. But, like, a, a really good form, it looks like you're just floating. Yeah. So, like, um, your your torso is, like, directly above your hips. Mm-hmm. And so when your legs go out, like, your knee isn't going too far away from your torso. Oh. And it's coming down right. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's guys like Galen Rupp, um, who he's, a, I don't know, I think he's, like, taking steroids. But, uh oh. Yeah, he's this this dude up in Oregon, and he's got great form though. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, damn it. But then I, I think a true judge of like good form is if you watch the steeplechase, mm-hmm. because it's so cool to see. Like the Americans will have like really great form, and like the Europeans and stuff, because they train for this year round. Yeah. But like the Kenyans will just like hop over the steeple <laughs> barriers, and they don't like necessarily know what they're doing. Yeah. But they're the fastest uh-huh. because like. They're just fucking crazy good. And so they'll be, like, hopping over the barriers, like, beating these people with, like, perfect form. Mm -hmm. So to me, if you watch the steeple, I think that's one of the coolest races to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's with the water pit in the back. And that's so awesome. Yeah, they kind of stole the race idea from horses. So. Oh, that ma- yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so. Steeple, yeah. Yeah, so it's fun to watch. But, yeah, good form is something that you partially have to, like, have. Uh-huh. But you can train. You can get down and all that stuff. So, but it takes forever to really do properly. I bet. Yeah. I have short legs, so my form doesn't look that good. Mm. I have like little, I have all torso. Mm -hmm. Like I have a swimmer's body. Okay. Yeah. So like my torso is like the size of a six foot person, Uh (laughs) but my legs are like five two. (laughs) I'm like five eight, but uh, I wish I had nicer form. You, You never wanted to get into swim? I, I swimmed when I broke my shin, mm-hmm. or I swam. I was a swimmer, yeah. and I broke my shin, and I really liked it. I actually got, like, okay at it, Yeah. and it was, like, the buffest I've ever been. What was your best stroke? Um, I did freestyle. Okay, yeah. yeah. My best, I did swim in, for two years in high school, and I, my stroke oh, cool. was backstroke. I was no good. I was oh, so really? Bad. Yeah. Swim's hard. It it's exhausting. It's hard. And just, like, the burn in your body, yeah. it's excruciating. Yeah, fun memories, but I didn't yeah. want to do it past the two years because I already got my PE credit. I was like, see ya. Oh, is that what you were doing mm-hmm. it for? The PE yeah. credit? Nice. Yeah. That's funny. That's what my that's why my sister ran cross country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know why it sounded better to me than PE. I guess team team building. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um so in, in cross country, how, cause you're basically competing against yourself. You're trying to beat your best times. Uh-huh. How did you guys like build each other up for, for meets? Yeah. As far as like team wise go yeah, or just yeah. training wise? Cause you, I mean, you want to make the whole team look good, but you're yeah. also like you know, trying to better your own time. Like how do you kind of pump each other up? Yeah. So I would say in cross country, it's more team based mm-hmm. in track. It's also team based, but it's more so individual in track. Yeah. So, and I never did as well in track. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I I liked hills and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the team, um, you know, you just kind of, after running so many miles together, you really start to know someone. Uh Uh-huh. Like, if if you're like, because every day we'd go out there running like 10 miles or whatever. And you, and you chat, it's not like this tiring thing where you like, you can't even talk or. 
No, we got to like, it's crazy. I hope I can get back there someday, but I was at like extreme fitness, you oh. know. I wasn't even one of the top guys on the team. But yeah, you would run like 15 miles and just chat the whole time. Yeah. You know, like you would have a break in between classes and be like, oh, I got 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I could go out and do six real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so you just crank it out and it's like no big deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, you just kind of work together mm-hmm. and you start to like know each other's habits. But it's like with anything, you know, everyone's mad at everyone for running too fast or, you know, like if everyone's competitive, yeah, everyone takes it personally. So like the top seven goes to nationals. Oh. So if you're like nine or 10 or even further back, sometimes that person is always like, well, I should be second, you know? Yeah. You feel like you're getting left behind. Yeah. Okay. But it's a lot easier, you know, um, well, egos are, egos are involved with everything, Uh but it's a lot easier to track, you know, if you're like, I should be second, but your races have you at 12th, then Uh it's like, no, you shouldn't. You're just, you just think you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, you, you learn to like work together and you get that common goal of, Mm -hmm. we're going to try and win nationals, which Chico hasn't yet, but hopefully someday we do. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten third for the women and third for the guys so close yeah almost there so uh fingers crossed and so what's um what's the best team in the country chico's d2 Uh uh-huh um but it'd be adam state oh okay yeah for for d2 there's some school they're a bunch of assholes (laughs) (laughs) uh they're out in colorado Uh uh-huh they're in alamosa colorado okay which is uh it looks like a town like in the one of those movies where the a nuclear explosion went off <laughs> and like they never upgraded from the 60s. Yeah. That's yeah. what that town looks like. That's funny. So for but they're for D2. D1 it's always changing. Yeah. You know, like D1 it's like University of Oregon or like Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh so it really just depends on the year. But D2 it's generally Adams State, but hopefully they they keep losing cuz they suck, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> dicks. <No. laughs> um, oh, what is it called when you see people running really close behind each other? Oh, drafting? Yeah, yeah. Do people get pissed off about that? Uh, yeah, actually they do. Yeah, That's... what's that all about? So, well, it's mainly in track where uh-huh. people will draft. Uh, they do it in cross country, too. But there's like a statistical advantage to being to running behind someone. Mm. So like in in NASCAR and in biking, if you're behind someone, there's like a big difference. Like yeah. I think you're using like 40% less energy cuz you're breaking the wind, mm. but that's because they're moving so much faster. In cross country it's smaller, but like at the same time, if you're in front, you're doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So like if if they like that's why there's people who will professionally lead races for the first like two three laps mm-hmm. to get it out to a fast race oh. and then they then they leave okay like they're paid to pace it what an interesting job did you ever want to do that uh i wasn't fast enough oh, so okay you have to be really fast yeah i didn't have like the speed for it mm-hmm. but um i would have been up for it if i was healthy mm-hmm. but um yeah so it's called you're a rabbit so you're oh, a professional rabbit that's such a cool title i'm a yeah, and so sometimes in, we'd have like time trials in college, and people would wear bunny ears, uh-huh. oh, so like cool. to, for fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's the rabbit. Yeah, there's the rabbit. Yeah, but um, yeah. So people like so like let's say if I led an entire 10k, which is six miles on the track, if I led the whole race, and this guy was behind me the whole race, and then the last hundred at 200 meters he passes me and beats me. I'd be like, man, fuck that guy. Like, yeah. he's a pussy. And all my friends, like, the team would all be like, ah, that guy, 
sucks. You yeah. know, like no one would be. No one would be happy about that. Yeah, even I mean, obviously the other team would be like, eh, you know, it's what you had to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if one of my teammates just did that strategy too. I'd be like, ah, well, you did it to win, but yeah. I, I think it's kind of wussy. Yeah. Yeah. You lose respect for a person that does that. Yeah, yeah, because you're kind of just letting the person in front do all the work. Mm-hmm. And if you would have shared the burden for just a little bit, maybe both of you could have run faster. Oh, okay. So it's like, that's what I, I try to do when, I'm, when I ran and uh-huh. I would be behind someone. I would try to share the burden a little bit. But it just depends, you know. Yeah. Like, there's people in the community that you know, like, oh, that guy never leads. Uh-huh. And you're like, ah, crap, like, I'm in front of this guy. Like, ah, uh, he doesn't help. Mm-hmm. He doesn't share the burden. So it's kind of interesting. It's like with comedy or anything else, too. You know, you're you're like, oh, this guy's here. Like, he always says these kinds of jokes or, like, yeah. they say that. So The eye roll guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing with running. You're kind of like, oh, man, come on, like, help me out here. Yeah, don't like, be such a hack. <laughs> yeah, don't be such a hack runner. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's addicting. Just talking about it again. Makes me want to yeah, go I see for a the run. Light in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's coming back to life. Did you um, did you ever get to do any traveling to cool places for cross country? Oh yeah, that's actually um, I've been on so many road trips because of running. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I've raced in like so I've wa- raced in Washington, um, Oregon, um, all over. But then in cross country, Chico State would always go to nationals. Mm-hmm. And um, we always knew they would. So what we would do is we would get rental cars for the people who didn't make the top seven. Mm-hmm. And we would drive to wherever they were racing. Oh, and we, so cool. Yeah, and we would, like, uh, drive through the night and just switch drivers and stuff. Uh-huh. And our biggest trip, we had 35 people. Wow. And we drove to uh, Joplin, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So biggest trip when I was there. But we drove from Northern California to, like, Joplin, Missouri. How and, long did that take? Uh, like... Uh, almost two days. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh-huh. Well, it's two days there, stay, and then drive back. Uh-huh. So it's <laughs> awful. Mostly driving. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so exhausting. So, but it was super fun. And, you know, just doing those trips was, like, always an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. That's why back in my mind, I'm like, dude, if I can do Boston. Yeah. Then I could do shows there. For sure. And race. So uh-huh. we'll see. But I don't know if I could make it. Hey, maybe you don't. You know, yeah, good. It's just a lot of miles. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Sydney believes in me. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need. That's all I need. I better <laughs> see you out there with a sign then yeah, when I'm yeah. racing. I'll Skype in. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get a live feed going or something. For sure. Yeah. Any any other things you want to wrap up with about running cross country? No, I mean it's just a crazy experience to be out there like. For miles and miles, just uh, and what what looking back um, now that I don't run as much, I'm always so shocked by like what I did because, like the other day I went for a jog, mm-hmm. I ran like three miles, and you wear these short shorts mm-hmm. that are like go, they're they're basically showing your butt if you get yeah. if if you get the right gust of wind, <laughs> and I did this for years and I never thought anything of it. You know, sometimes people drive by and they'll yell at you. They'll be like, you're gay and things like that. Like that happened all the time. (laughs) But and I didn't care then. um, But now, like, I'm more self-conscious about it. And I don't know if it's because I'm not in the same fitness I used to be. 
Maybe. Yeah, but like now whenever I run in those shorts, I'm like, oh, man, I feel like... Everyone sees my butt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then like I would just live for the rest of the day in my short shorts with no shirt, like Mm -hmm. making dinner and hanging out, and then I take a shower. And so the other day I did my run, and I was hanging out at my house in my short shorts, shirtless, because it was hot, Mm -hmm. and my neighbor knocks on the door. And, like, normally in the past, I would have been like, oh, hey, what's up? Just talking, no problem. But this time, like, halfway through the conversation, I was like, oh, this is really weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, now I was, like, finally self-conscious about it, so. That's, yeah, that's interesting that you would get self-conscious now as an yeah. older person because I feel like the embarrassment kind of goes away as you get older, but. Yeah, maybe I just need to get fit again. And then, because yeah. the short shorts won't feel so bad. Yeah, because I don't know. Most of my life, the most I ever weighed in college was 135 pounds, mm-hmm. and in in high school I was 118. Yeah. So like right now, even though I'm not like still like in my mind, I feel like I'm fat. Like I feel like I'm. Oh, you're not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I get that though. Like, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a weird feeling because I'm like 150 or so uh-huh. or 145. And I just feel like fat. Like yeah. I look in the mirror and I'm like, this used to be a six pack. <laughs> but then I'm also like, you used to see your ribs. So yeah. I don't know. It's a weird, weird, weird spot to be. Dysmorphia. Yeah. It's a weird mental image of yourself. I get it, though. It's hard to shake that. Yeah. Because no one else is going to see you like you see you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When you swam, did you feel like a different level of fitness? And then. You know, I never really felt that fit. I don't know. I didn't really get fit until after high school. Oh, was, okay. I think because I would eat enough to offset whatever I did during swim practice. Right, right. So yeah. it was just normal all the time. And <laughs> I didn't, when I started lifting weights, that's when I started to feel fit. And I'm trying to get back into that more. I only have time for one day a week. But oh, I'm okay. Like gradually get more. Yeah, get back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know about it. Like once you get that routine down, it's like. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, and you're like, oh, man, like this is how I always want to be. And then. And then sometimes you fall off the routine and you're like, oh, man, like, yeah, yeah, but that's that's normal. It is. It is. Yeah. At least that's what I'm trying to tell myself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tommy. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was super fun.